fear and loathing. And Uncle Buck. Welcome to the party, pal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fear and Loathing and Uncle Buck here on Jesse Ventura's Die First Then Quit. I am your intrepid host, Tyrell Ventura, joined as always by the one and only Josh Young and El Jefe, Ooh. Jeff Moore. El Jefe, nice. I like El, I like El Jefe. El Jefe. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, what isn't there to talk about in the world of uh, Tinseltown, Hollywood, Los Angeles, movies, cinema, all of the above? Or we didn't hit it recently, but it's obviously the biggest news going right now. Even Jesse Ventura himself talked about it recently. Uh, and that is the actors going on strike in Hollywood, grinding production okay. to a halt, except for the 38 uh waiver films that they got some independent films and some other films got waivers uh that the actors signed up for those could go and work in them but uh it's an interesting case uh friend drescher the nanny beautician and the beast has come to the forefront and is by and largely kicking ass like i haven't heard anyone really say like she's not suddenly just 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 stomping the earth scorching the earth of hollywood against these executives out there the crazy thing was like the president before her which i think was uh melissa gilbert from little house on the prairie fame yeah i think she was in there yeah she wasn't too popular um no. with yeah with her peers so it's uh good to see uh miss drescher you know, dress the a and uh, the, the producers now. It's it's been pretty. It's been a. It's been a. Uh, it definitely feels like the actors. It feels like the producers brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like it. It really feels like like the the Hollywood studios and the big bosses are kind of claiming like one. You know, oh, you know, you're going to put all these jobs in jeopardy and da 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 and. You know, you got Bob Iger talking shit from long distance while he's at like a billionaire's a billionaire retreat in yeah. Arizona. Like, you know, not looking good, not looking good. The optics are definitely, at least right now, the optics are definitely on the side of SAG. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, the the billionaire class, I really don't think they are thinking <clears throat> like that as far as like, oh, hey, what does this look like? in regards to optics. I, I don't think they care, you know, like it's really clear. And of course, this is just my assumption. The only thing they have to deal with are the shareholders and the proof is in the pudding. Not everybody is watching, you know, their shows, right? Because we're now seeing that <clears throat> the secret sauce is in not sharing the numbers, right? Because that will dictate, you know, how much money is actually coming in and then if stocks go down because of lack of use, then, you know, it's, it's just proving that everybody is just literally pulling numbers. It's crypto. It's literally <laughs> crypto. Yeah. <laughs> it's just shit's made up. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 they are beholden to stockholders. I'm not even an actor in this. And they're, first off, I do think, the marketing campaign that Brad Pitt is every actor. I love seeing actors come out and basically telling their story about like, I've been in three seasons of this show and this is what I made, which was jack shit. So they still have to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how can you afford? But also um, 
the fact that they're beholden to stockholders, which is inflated because they have no real numbers to report. So this will cause the truth to come out, which will then cause stocks to go down, which will then hurt their money. And then I saw a tweet where somebody was going through and it was like less than 0.5% of all revenue. It was actually like half of that um, for every company is what the demands are. Um, Look, as an outsider looking in, uh, Strike, I hope you get your money. I think it's cool to see a studio like A24 already sign and give everything. And they're like, we'll give you everything you want. I don't care. We're an independent studio. We'll make movies right now. They should. They should make a ton of movies and throw them all out there right now. Um, And they are actually a pretty good studio for what they make. But you take this, you take UPS. I, I drove by in northern Minnesota two different strikes in the middle of nowhere from some places. And at the end of the day, like, I just don't know how much longer you're going to keep the cap on the groundswell of, you know, you had class warfare forever. There's a gap. I I don't know at some point, man, that's going to bubble over, man. The the milk is on the stove and it's coming out the tap. (laughs) Milk is on the stove. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, well, you know, it's crazy. And one of the things I'm thinking about in regards to the UPS strike is like, I wonder if, like, I think that Amazon might skirt by because they have their own service. Actually, it's they have companies that run Amazon. And so it'll be. Yeah, it's going to hurt UPS. They've been on strike before. Unfortunately, their leverage is, hey, we lost a lot of customers last time. If you go on strike, we're just going to yeah. lose them to FedEx. And, and I don't know what what are you supposed to do? It's got to be joint. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's got to be joint. It's going to be interesting because it's like if I was Amazon workers right now and I felt like going on strike, now would be the time to attack. Most you know, definitely. because it's like if, you, if you're or if you're in any kind of delivery service and you feel that your wages are too low and you have legitimate complaints like that um, or how you're being treated or hours, things like that, like now would be the time. Because if if let's say, like you said, FedEx amazon delivery if those cats all said you know what let's join ups and 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 do that well then you you bring the country to a halt right like then the feds would have to step in at that point because if you if you if deliveries stop across the board you know (laughs) that pretty much like locks down the you know no business is going to get done it's interesting i in regards to the actor strike from what we've seen, we're not privy, obviously, to insider information or anything like that. We don't know where this is going right now or what the talks have been. Uh, clearly bad. But as of right now, or at least what the public seen, um, it, it appears that the studios are kind of just going to play the weight game. They're just going to basically say, you know what, we'll just sit on our big pile of gold and wait you out because a majority of SAG... This is what people don't get. Kind of you were referencing it with the Brad Pitt comment. A majority of SAG are not people that that make a lot of money. And so right. all the studios technically would have to do is just sit on their money and just wait. Because if they play the waiting game, then it becomes how long till these people's rent gets so far behind? How long till, you know, bills are due to where you can kind of break them through attrition? you know, before the rank and file, you know, start going like, I'm going to be homeless. There's going to be a lot of influencers jumping picket lines, and you're going to see a Mm. whole lot of anniversary releases in theaters. 
if that happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll see yeah. a lot of that. I bet Braveheart will be coming back Reality super shows. strong. Yeah. Well, the uh, the big thing I, in in regards to okay, we should we're just gonna wait them out. You know, I I would hope that these people you know will have a support system that will allow them to wait it out because I'm cool. I got my collection of movies, you know, I'm and and I'm tired of remakes anyway. So <laughs> aren't a lot of the people that are striking already have other jobs because they literally can't afford just to work in this industry. Right. So they probably can go a while, but there's always those few. I I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I do feel like this is an over yeah. This is all a representation of just where we're at as a society on, you know, shocker, (laughs) you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's just, uh, it'd be funny how people react to it when they don't start getting their movies out and entertainment dries up. It might make us dumber. I don't know if we can achieve that, but if all we have is reality TV, (laughs) I'll be curious to see how low we go. Hold my beer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's, here's the, here's the interesting catch with this too and and something that hasn't really in getting into the world of reality tv is reality tv is just as scripted as like fiction narrative tv you know you still got a writer's room you still got granted they're not technically called writers uh they're called like producers but you know ultimately it's a group of people that get together and decide well what do we want to put these people through whether it's a competition reality show or even like the kardashians or stuff like that you know it's still people say oh well let's you know, let's put this person in this situation to see what happens and see how it plays out. Um, in fact, that's one of the things I think that the writers are on strike about is because there are writers in reality TV who aren't getting paid or can't join the WGA because it's not technically narrative. It's not technically writers. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I, maybe not with this strike, but I know in the past the WGA has fought to try to get those that group of writers included in the union because they're doing a writer's job. You know, they might not be writing specific dialogue, but they're crafting story. Yeah. I, you know, I'm excited because it's, it's to me, it, like you said, Josh, it's, it's one of those moments of, of, of finally workers standing up for themselves. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see uh, how long Hollywood and the entertainment industry is going to be able to kind of wait this out. I don't know if this, if this keeps creeping, if it gets into months, uh, we're talking about some major, major films and major series that aren't going to get completed. I mean, what, what one of the big ones that got shut down was Stranger Things. Yep, Stranger Things. You had Deadpool three. Um, Deadpool three. The, the key to Stranger Things is, hey, those kids aren't aren't getting any younger. <laughs> you know, like like <laughs> you know, if this waits out another year, uh, how much rewriting is going to have to be done? And oh. The writers are on strike. We can't rewrite. Yeah, it's gonna look like the <laughs> yeah. end. It's gonna look like the end of the Flash, for the whole season. Just <laughs> no. Nick, Nick, CGI Nick Cage fighting Vecrum. Yeah. <laughs> well, here, here's also another interesting thing. Like you know, we're we're finding out that at the crux of all this is really about insurance and how and how these performers are not getting the money that they're supposed to get in order for their insurance for them to be able to keep their insurance right so i believe it's like twenty six thousand dollars a year that you should be paid from your craft in order to keep your insurance and how the producers and how these shows are being run now it's literally that how they're getting paid they're not going to be able to make 
to to get to that goal. Podcaster and comedian Andrew Schultz, pretty much, and and I'll, I'll go pretty quick on this. You know, he tweeted out thoughts on the Hollywood strike. The real issue is that actors and writers want fair residual payments from the streamers. In order to find what is fair, the streamers will need to share how many people are actually watching their shows, and here lies the problem. My suspicion is that the streamers are refusing to share the viewership numbers, not because they're being cheap, but because no one is watching and revealing extremely low viewership would kill the stock price. So if most of these streamers are losing money in an effort to gain market share, the only justification for their spending is their stock price being high. Once that stock price tanks, the real viewership numbers, the streamers will have to cut back on spending, which will of course mean way less shows will be greenlit and the budgets for those shows will be severely reduced, which means way less acting gigs and writing gigs. So essentially, if the writers, if, if the actors and directors strike is successful by, by making the streamers release their viewership, the strike will essentially force the streamers to hire less actors and directors, so they're striking themselves out of work. Thoughts? I mean, that's the trickle down. Hey, if you guys do this too much, you're not going to get money. You know, John Stewart yeah. just had something released where <laughs> he was like, why are we, you know, all these people that are on one side of the aisle are like anti-socialists for you and I, but they're pro-socialism for every corporation getting a bailout and continuing to just feed this beast and taxpayer dollars. It's the same exact thing of like, Ooh, we're going to, we're going right. to do this. And it was like, well, it's built on a house of cards already then, if that's what it was. So exactly. cool, man, rip the bandaid off, pay some people. And then if shit crumbles, you know, it's easy for me to say this on the outside, but I still own an OLED tie go. I still blows my mind. If you really, really break this down, what we're saying is that, hey, we're not paying you enough so that you can get sick or need medical attention and you won't have any coverage, which then you can't afford to keep yourself alive, which then won't make you alive to do work for minimum money, which then won't pay for that. I don't know if there's more of an American dream than that right there of uh, just, I, I, hey, you know, this is America. There you go. You know, I, yeah. Josh, you're brilliant as always, brilliant as <laughs> always, and in, in, in breaking that down. And I've saw, I saw, I, I saw the John Stewart clip as well. I it it brings up two thoughts in my head. Uh, one is, guess what? Uh, there were thousands upon thousands and and, and hundreds upon hundreds of working actors uh, who were getting paid before streaming ever even came into existence. So while I get the sentiment of of what that of, of what was his name the the podcaster and comedian Andrew Andrew Schultz I get the sentiment of what Andrew's saying. There's a certain logic of just standing from the outside looking at it, saying, "Oh, this this could be a, a legitimate reason as to why all that's going on." But my kind of answer to that, or I imagine what what Sag's answer to that would be like, "Well, yeah, but even before streaming ever happened, people were working. There were shows being made." There's still right. all the original programming on cable. There's all the original programming on network. There's all the, you know, we weren't just a streaming society for a long time. So even if those had to cut back on production, ABC, NBC, TNT, Fox, like you're still talking about hundreds upon hundreds of shows that are making, uh, that they're still going to keep making content. They're the new cable 
So you know, right. okay, yeah, call their I, but but I think he brings up a, I, it might be an, I think that's a legitimate theory as to why they're holding back on the numbers. I also think the other half of that theory is they're greedy bastards. They don't <laughs> want to get into the conversation of what constitutes a view because that that brings up that that dirty little thing of like well how do you constitute a view is it 5 minutes is it 10 minutes is it 15 minutes like what what constitutes a view that then you should get paid like no one wants Two to seconds. come up with that equation 2 seconds you know what i mean like like right. no one wants to get, because if it because the the shorter that time frame is paying people and getting out all those residual checks and getting all that that could also equally bankrupt a streaming service to a certain degree you know, because then you're talking about, man, if everyone's getting a cut and you're talking about viewers who only watch for two seconds, you know, that doesn't count. You know, I, I could understand that argument of saying, you know, finding what's that sweet spot. Is it 20 minutes? Is it because I get like, hey, not everyone's going to keep watching a show. You know, their argument would be like, hey, man, if they're only watching 15 minutes of a show that we shouldn't have to pay you your full rate of a residual. But at the same time, I do believe very strongly that people should get paid for every view, whatever that view is. Uh, when you bring up to me the healthcare costs, that is something that tragically SAG at least has to look themselves in the mirror and say, we fucked that up originally. Because originally in SAG, it wasn't dependent on if you were working, you got your healthcare if you paid your dues. SAG original healthcare was, it wasn't about like, if you got your SAG card from working in a SAG production and you got that, and then you consistently paid your dues every year on time and you didn't lag behind on that, they would, as a union, provide you healthcare. It wasn't tied into, oh, did you make X amount of money working SAG projects this year or within three years or within two years or all that. My dad got thrown off the SAG healthcare at one point because he hadn't done a SAG project in like about, I think it was like seven years or so, yet he can retire. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he made enough to get SAG retirement. So like balance that out. When SAG changed those rules, that hurt. Like, you know, I think it's a little duplicitous of them to be like, oh, the studios uh, need to pay you more money so you can afford the health care and you, you need to get this. Well, yeah, you guys are the ones who X'd out health care for union membership in the first place. You guys made it harder for SAG people to get health care in the first place because y'all were cutting corners. I, I think it was under either Melissa Gilbert or, or uh, the person. I think there might have been somebody right after them, too. I can't remember exactly. Right. But I remember Matthew Modine ran to be head of SAG specifically because SAG was just slashing benefits to their members like before the studios even got involved and he even brought up the fact that like sags renting their headquarters is like being rented for like a million dollars a year on like sunset boulevard and shit like that whereas like wow. the directors guild owns the building that they occupy like sag rents <laughs> so there was like a bunch it got real contentious a few years ago in that recent in, in like one of these elections in years past i don't think that was the fran drescher election for sag president but it got real contentious because they were basically saying like the heads of sag are some greedy sons of bitches who aren't doing anything for the rank and file you know so a lot of what we're facing today sag could have put their feet in the ground a long time ago they could have put their feet in the ground like five ten years ago and so about the about streaming and they didn't and they let the studios walk all over them so i'm super and i'm not blaming that on the backs of the people today people today are doing the right thing they're 
you know, hitting the picket lines. They're trying to hold the studios accountable. But a lot of what we're seeing today could have been right. argued 10 years ago, eight years ago, and none of this could have been happening today because they could have stood their ground then instead of just basically rolling over to the studios eight years ago or whatever, however many years ago it was now. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it now but acknowledgement mm-hmm. and then just right. saying, hey, like, be transparent. This is what we should have done. We've learned a painful lesson. Mm-hmm. Now these are the minimum. You know, if you even want to talk, this is the minimum. But shocker, you've raised your child to be a brat and they've never gotten scolded and now <laughs> they won't go to they won't go to bed on time and they don't care. What do you guys feel about the AI stuff? Did you, did you guys see that AI shit too that studios were trying to pull? Like if you're a background actor, we get your we get your your face in perpetuity. Like we'll scan it once, pay you once, and then we get to use it again forever and ever. Amen. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I thought of was the old EA sports games that would just have the same person repeated over and over in the crowd. And I was like, oh, that'll be extra. It's just faceless names like dick tracy madonna in the background just back there you don't know what the hell's happening i'm trying to figure out like how like see to me that was one of those like sly studio moves and maybe there was more discussion on this at a certain point but to me it felt like one of those like sly fucking corporate moves where oh yeah but we'll just scan the background actors in we'll pay them their day rate well yeah we'll use it in perpetuity well what happens if one of those background actors suddenly like gets a few gigs and becomes like a star does that mean that studio then can like keep their fucking likeness in perpetuity and use it whenever they want to. That's like the WWE, man. Vince McMahon, they're taking steps from that. Right? Well, here's the thing. If I think, of course, you know, SAG-AFTRA should nip that in the bud and keep that from happening. However, as someone who has done the extra thing, all you're worried about is getting that money today to take care of yourself and your responsibilities and you're going to say fuck it right what else can you do you're just gonna do the la thing bend over and take it until you rise through the ranks and that's sad the the other trouble with that is is it also what the studios don't realize by this cute little thing of like oh we'll just you know copy a background actor's face and body type or whatever and then reuse it over and over again if they start replacing let's say that kind of work with AI or CG or whatever, right? The danger you're going to have with that is kind of similar to what the WGA was complaining about now, that there's no pipeline system. In the old days, there was a very set system of like, you started off in this like low level writing job, and then you worked your way up and you became a better writer because of it, but you worked your way up through a system. It was almost kind of like a default uh, apprenticeship, for lack of a better term. Well, Jeff, as you know, as an actor, for a lot of people, that background work, though it, shitty, you know, you're standing all around all day in a costume and you get shuffled from place to place. But what it does provide you is it allows someone who's never been on a professional set before to be on a professional set, to learn how the system works, to learn how movies and TV shows are made and get paid for it. Not a lot, but get paid for it. And there is always those moments where a background, someone who shows up to do background work, shit, we need someone to play the cash register person with one line, uh, grab that person, pull them out of line, you know, pull them out of the group. They suddenly now got a speaking gig little bump in pay, 
maybe even enough to get a SAG card, depending. That's happened. That's part of that chain. So if you start replacing backgrounds with like CG, AI, all that, you're now cutting out one of the one of the routes in to get more talent. <laughs> well, it's not about it's not about the craft anymore. It's about the shareholders. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not it's not about craft. You you're not you're not thinking about oh well let's let's do this pipeline and let humans you know have these experiences in order to live to their fullest potential. It's well the fiscal year or, you know, the end of the quarter is like at this time and how much money did the flash make? And it's more focused, focused on that. And so uh, if anything, if, if this whole thing has to break down, then let it break down so that we can go back to the basics of actually creating stories that people will actually want to see. I mean, why else do you think that everybody's, you know, like running to see Oppenheimer. It's like three and a half hours, you know, I, I, and, but, and Barbie. Yeah. And Let's Barbie, hold that which, up. Barbie's making, yeah, well, making bank right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I sure I'll probably see it. I'm sure it's something more than it just being Barbie. I'm sure it's got some little existential twist, which is cool. It's got some cleverness to what I've seen, but yeah, I get it. I'm on the same boat. You are. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Everything that's happening in Hollywood right now is a microcosm for real life and what's been happening outside. And I think the shock to some people is uh, what they – I mean, Hollywood is a fantasy. Everybody looks at it like you're going to move out to Hollywood, you're going to make it big, the stars, everything, blah, blah, blah. And then when this starts happening, you're like, hey, man, there's – a guy that looks like you that you've seen on three seasons of a show that made 2,700 bucks for three seasons and gets no residuals. And you're like $2,700. And you're like, yeah, this yep. is shit work. I'm keeping in shape. I got to look like this. I got to do all of this. And I'm working at Olive Garden. Like it's like a, like the reality has been lifted a little bit. And then you say shareholders. And the first thing I think of is like, yeah, man, that's, that's, it's almost as if there's an entire section and generation that refuses to evolve and accept certain things and we just can't get past it. And there's a bunch of other people that are like, this is all bullshit. Mm -hmm. We can, this is all bullshit. The, the way the stock market is, that's gambling every day. You know what I mean? I always yeah. think it's funny when they're like, we can't legalize sports betting. And you're like, do you have stocks? What do you think day trading is? It's a literally gambling every single day. Um, <laughs> the stock market's and, at a point where they gamble on the gamble on the gamble. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what futures is. It's, it's placing a bet that this might crash. This other stock that I'm not invested in might crash. We also live in a time now where there's literally a state that just mandated that when you teach about slavery, you can tell them that they learn usable tools for job. Like it was fucking Votech when you were <laughs> working on a plantation. So none of it surprises me. Unfortunately, there's like a Joker side to me of like you just got to watch it all burn and kind of see yeah. where we build up from that. But you know, you we're, this is as close as we're going to get to Hunger Games, and I mean that from the aspect of like the Running Man. <laughs> Hunger Games, this is what it is. We're literally, look at, you don't tell me the South is its own district. 
the Midwest is its own district, the East Coast, the West Coast. Like, come on, man. Where is Donald Sutherland when we need him? <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. I'm telling you, I, and I, I can't paint myself like a rock in 20 minutes. I don't know how that kid did it, but <laughs> I hope they win. I hope they hold out as a fan of film. I want the guy that looks like me that runs a camera to get paid enough to pay his bills. Yeah, yeah. basically. I agree.